0: Hi, I'm Rochelle Jackson. Welcome to The Crime Couch. I'm an investigative journalist and true crime author, and I know who's who in the zoo, the Krems, the cops, and the interesting individuals in between. So get comfy and join me each week on The Crime Couch for a rollicking, intriguing tale it'll be one heck of a journey. Giovanna Campana may be known as the first policewoman ever permitted to wear pants on duty, but there's plenty more important achievements in her stellar 43 year career. When Giovanna graduated in 1975, women were in a separate female division, When this changed, she was the first woman to be stationed in general duties at Ballarat. Giovanna was also the first female sergeant in Vic Protective Security Group and the first female sergeant negotiator. She was also the first female sergeant to be deployed to East Timor. I'm sitting with Giovanna on the crime couch in Melbourne's CBD. Hi Giovanna, thanks very much for sitting with me on the crime couch today.
1: Thanks, Rochelle. Nice to be here with you.
0: Tell me a little bit, let's do a little bit of your backstory. Why did you join the job in 1975?
1: Well, actually, back in those days, most girls, you know, at senior school, you were either a nurse, a teacher, a secretary, and one girl in my class, whose father was a good friend of a Ballarat detective, said, I'm going to join the police force. And I said, that sounds like a good idea. I'm going to do that too. And in the end, I went on to join and she actually went on to be charged with fraud (laughs) offences. So quite interesting, really. So that's how it all came about tell me
0: when you graduated um, Giovanna were you the only female in your squad? No
1: there were three other females but in those days every fourth squad had four women and every second squad might have had two women. So it was later that year and more the next year when the numbers started to increase.
0: When you graduated in 1975, women were in a separate female division, weren't they? Now, why was this? Well, I'm not
1: really sure why it was. And I'd say it stems from when they first began bringing women in, that the traditional roles maybe still applied, even though you were in a profession, So the women did welfare things, looked after wives or women or children, took statements, did typing, that sort of thing. And I would say gradually as things changed, their role developed, but they kept that welfare children's services side of it and kept us specialised in that.
0: I find it really interesting... Um Particularly knowing, as I do, quite a bit about people that are in the job, how did you fit in and how, you know, how are you one of the boys, which of course you'd probably have to be, whilst also keeping your female identity? How did you manage to do that?
1: Well, I'm from a family of five. There's three girls, two boys. So I was used to having boys around. Obviously, my brothers have friends, so you... You know, you used to being in male company. We played a lot of sport and still have a great interest in sports. So that's some common things with men. And I think working, if you were good at your job, the men really supported you and respected you. And I think that's where those of us that came through that system That's why we have maybe a slightly different attitude than the women today. Did you find it hard fitting in initially? Did you get any...
0: Were there any discrimination? Was there any harassment when you
1: first of all joined? No, certainly not when I joined. And going to Ballarat some four years after I graduated, that's where you would have thought there'd be some issues. But the guys there... And being a Ballarat girl. I knew the area, so that helped. But they were like big brothers to me, very protective, and uh, I didn't have any issues at all.
0: It's really interesting to hear. Uh, How were policewomen perceived in those days by the general public and also by
1: their male colleagues? By the general public, I think we were a novelty. I can remember going um, I was asked to go with one of the police women from the office upstairs to the Meriburra show. And off we went in our skirts and tunics and our policewoman's hat. I don't know how many photographs we had taken because, you know, the country areas weren't used to seeing women. Yes, they saw the men. So, yeah, novelty and people were generally pretty good. Um. No, I think the guy, well, I can only go on Ballarat and I just didn't have any issues there. The boys there were fantastic, so loved
0: it's, it. It sounds almost like they were very supportive and, and sort of almost a bit like Big Brothers, as yeah. you've said.
1: Yes, very much like Big Brothers, very protective. And I guess to be fair, there were a couple of what gung-ho guys on section who were trying to get to crime squads. And I guess without them really saying it or whatever, everybody sort of knew, they'd probably prefer not to work with me because they'd be too protective, you know, and couldn't do their own thing. Mm. And nobody had an issue with it and we all understood it. But we all just did our jobs and nobody got upset about anything. So it was great.
0: It's really interesting hearing you say that, because I'm sure that for a number of men that were given the opportunity of working with a female partner, there'd always be that concern, well, I've got to look after her. How do I focus on what I've got to do when I've got to keep her back? Was well, Did you get any of that?
1: Well, not, not that was actually said to me, but I think, you know, I didn't go into Ballarat general duties. Gung Because it was a new world for me too, mm. General Judy's things, you know. Um, so I just tried to do the work and not worry about, oh, you know, I've got a hole in my stocking or whatever and, you know, um, or ask them to do something for me that a guy wouldn't ask them to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just... Made sure I did my job, and they could focus on theirs. So. Giovanna, what crimes were police women
0: allowed to deal with? Because this is what I found interesting. Um, there were definitely social welfare issues a lot, weren't there? What what crimes initially did police women were
1: tasked to deal with um, during prior to integration? Yep. Shoplifting. Mm-hmm. While you were in the police women's division, obviously. Shoplifting uh, sexual offences, not so much, I guess, charging the offender, but dealing with the victim. So, you know, really, other than shoplifters, which could lead to bigger crimes, that was pretty much it. Driving offences, you know, that you'd come across, that was pretty much it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How did you feel about those limitations? Because it's very,
1: then then it's not a big, broad brief, is it? No, it's funny. But, you know, that was the way it was. And I think, you know, the women from my time, none of us were trying to change the world. And certainly there were women that went into the crime squads that did become detectives from the... Police division, you know, so you could do that, but it was just the way it was. Like, we weren't trying to be world beaters or anything like that. Yeah.
0: What did police women wear in those early days? And were you really one of the first police women permitted to wear
1: trousers on night shift? Well, back in those days, we wore pantyhose and skirts and we had white shirts that you had to hand sew the Victoria Police label on the sleeves and you had to do that every time you got new shirts. They didn't come pre-done. So yeah, quite, the men obviously had it but not the women. What if there's a female you couldn't <laughs> sew? Yeah, well, you had to go to the dry cleaners to get their uh, sewer to do it. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, some of them didn't look too great. But um, then when I went to Ballarat, obviously in winter, extremely cold. So on night shift, the boss let me wear the boys' pants, the trousers and, and the big overcoats that the men used to wear because the women had a more tailored knee-length one fabulous so it was great.
0: (laughs) How did that go down with knowing that uh, as a policewoman you
1: were wearing men's trousers? Well it was funny because one of the boys had to lend me a pair of his so it was a bit of trial and error trying on some that didn't look too over the top but uh, no it was great. Very much needed in Ballarat. Yes absolutely absolutely. (laughs) Now,
0: in your career, I know you're a modest person, but you've really paved the way for women um, in the job. Now, you were one of the first police women sergeants to be stationed at Ballarat. You, you mentioned the fact that you were a Ballarat girl, which enormously would have helped you. How was it in those early days, being the first female
1: sergeant there? Um, well, actually, if I could just uh, correct that, Rochelle... Yeah. The first female on section, but not the first female sergeant. Mm -hmm. Um, Look, it was good. I guess you were always worried that you would come across family or friends. Mm. You know, fortunately, I was never put in that position, although I did on one occasion. After I got there, I learned that one of the senior Connies there had gone to a fatal accident scene and it was his brother and that was always in my mind you know when you went to accidents Mm. fortunately it was never anybody any family but I did go to one accident scene a bit out of Ballarat and um a fatal and it wasn't well no fatals particularly bad one it was a and uh, the member I was with said look perhaps um, stay here at the car maintain radio contact because we were out a bit and I'll go and have a look and he came back and um, you know we took all the measurements and you know removed the person from the scene and I found out the next day that it was actually someone I knew so I hadn't seen him in the vehicle. So that was fortunate for me in a sense. But um, you're always worried about that when you're working in the area you grew up in and you live in, you know. So that was, um, yeah, just one of those things you've got to be mindful of and hopefully you can deal with it should it happen, you know. You were also,
0: Giovanna, one of the first female um, sergeants to be in Victoria Police's Protective Security Group. What was that like? And and that's, as we've already just discussed, that's like being in search, which is... That's, uh, that's a male bastion. Mm. So um, what was that like, being a female there? And who did you protect?
1: OK, that was probably difficult because it was quite physical. You had to be really fit, which I... I've never been a runner and they did a lot of running, you know, every day they'd go for a run and exercise. So I probably always struggled with that side of it Mm. and just barely, you know, I was barely got through all the physical tests and whatever. So Mm. it was not a forte for me. Different, very different environment to Ballarat general duties, you know. They were, they were gung-ho, but they weren't like an SOG or anything like that. Yeah, you probably... I would say the bosses probably expected more of me there than they did of the guys. Mm. And sometimes I lived up to it, and I guess sometimes maybe I didn't. So, you know, it's just the way things pan out. Uh, in terms of protection... Well, I've looked after Prince Charles, um Fergie, um, uh the uh, um oh I'm trying to think of a uh, Dalai Lama. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, and lots of because we did more um politicians, you know, heads of government, heads mm. of state, not famous people Mm -hmm. um so there was one particular guy um he was the investigating judge Mm
0: -hmm.
1: into mafia corruption in italian politics Mm -hmm. and his predecessors had either been blown up or uh, assassinated so he came out to australia on a tour uh brought out here by the called the white hands committee Mm -hmm. um And being Italian, so they throw me on, (laughs) Uh, you know, looking after him. It was great, all these Italian communities. He was terrific. But every night at the end of the community visit or dinner,
0: Mm.
1: he liked to have a bit of a walk through the streets, which is typical in Italy, Mm. and do espresso coffees. Right. So we start at the start of Ligon Street all the way to the... End of Lygon Street and about half a dozen espressos. And I was just, you know, <laughs> buzzing after that. But that was for four or five nights in a row. It was amazing. Tiring as at 7 a.m. till 11, 12 at night. So um, that was good for me because of the Italian element. Mm-hmm. But certainly there's been a lot of other jobs. Dalai Lama, probably. Oh. What yeah. was that like? Oh, oh calming, peaceful. Mm. And the, the monks around him, everybody's just calm and gentle and quiet and, you know, just lovely. He'd bless you every night when you got back to the hotel to finish for the day. Um, amazing. And I actually. The day before he left, some people came to his hotel room, some Tibetan people, Mm. and gave him some flowers. But uh, because they were leaving the next day, his monks who assist him asked me if I'd like the flowers to take home, because otherwise they'd leave them behind. So I said, "Oh, yes, that'd be lovely." So. They gave me the flowers and said the Dalai Lama has blessed them. Oh. So home I go, put them in a vase. Those flowers lasted for three weeks. not not a dead flower, nothing. It was amazing. and uh, honestly, you think I'm making it up, but uh, that was the most calming Oh visit, loved it, loved it. What an extraordinary experience.
0: Now, Giovanna, you were also the first female sergeant
1: negotiator. How did that happen? What was that like? Well, that protective security group was where you had the opportunity to do the negotiator's course. So there were women constables, senior constables who'd done it and obviously being a, um, a female sergeant there, I was given the opportunity. So you do... A psych test, and um, you know, if that pans out okay, then you're eligible to do the course. So, Mm -hmm. not an easy course. Um, So, yeah, really interesting, really interesting. And then, of course, not a lot of those situations come up in Victoria, fortunately. Mm. And it's about whether you're on duty and get the opportunity to use your skills. Um, so, you know, sometimes you might do four or five jobs in a year and other times you've got one a year because you're not working, something's happened, whatever, so.
0: You were also the first female to be deployed to
1: East Timor. How did that happen? Uh, the first female sergeant. So, uh, there was an application process. It came out, um... On the intranet, I think. Oh, well, back in those days, it wasn't maybe the intranet. Uh, so, I just put in mm-hmm. and they sent the first group off, which was a sergeant and five members from Vic poll. They went off and when they were looking for the next group, for some reason they wanted a female sergeant to be in charge of the little group to go and I got a phone call uh, from the chief's um, aide back in those days and he said, oh, um, are you still interested in going to East Timor? And I said, oh, yeah, sure. And he goes, well, we're looking for someone to go on this particular date. Could you do that? And I go, yes. And he goes, well, hold on. Do you need to talk about it with someone? I said, no. No boyfriends, no girlfriends, no husbands, no wives, no partners, no kids, no pets, no plants. And that's exactly what I said. And he said, done deal. I'll send you some information. And that's how it came about. So I was just lucky, lucky.
0: What's your proudest achievement in the job? In your 43 years, what do you think is the thing you're the most proudest of, Giovanna?
1: Oh, wow. Wow, that's a hard one to answer, actually. Uh, Well, oh, I think, oh, I'm, I'm not sure what I can answer, how I can answer that. I guess I've had a lot of firsts, so I'm sort of really proud of that without making, they're no big deal, but they're still first that a lot of people, women or men, mightn't have. Mm -hmm. The sexual offences squad, the time I spent there with the girls I work with and that was really emotional and a great sense of achievement when... You know, they were able to get an offender and you got a conviction. Mm. I don't know, East Timor, because it was so far out of my comfort zone and I wasn't sure I was going to survive. <laughs> it was one day there and I was looking at the accommodation and no flushing toilets and no running water. And uh, I was, and I'm a fairly organized, neat, tidy person just wasn't like that over there. So, I don't know, it's hard to define one thing. The fact that I lasted so long, maybe, mm. you know, that's, um, I don't know, that's a hard one to really answer for me. You, you answered it
0: anyway and, and there are lots of firsts, as you said. Now, Giovanna, what advice would you give to females in the job today?
1: Oh, another hard one. Look, I think it's about concentrate on your own abilities and always try to improve without knocking people out of the way or standing on anybody's toes. Stand up for yourself. You have a voice, stand up for yourself if you feel you know uh, something's not right and it's obviously the way you do that that then gives you the voice that's heard and not the voice that's people get annoyed by you know so but I, I just think concentrate on yourself and your own abilities decide do I want a career where do I want to go how am I going to get there and and without pushing anyone out of the way or um, standing on anyone's toes, try and achieve that. You know, do it the right way. That's, that's how I view it anyway.
0: How do you view your career? You, you're now retired. Uh, you've had a little bit of a while to sit back and reflect.
1: How do you view your time in the job now? Well, it's funny... Um, I've just turned sixty-six and I think, oh my gosh, what have I done with all those years, you know? And you feel like you haven't done anything. I don't know what I mean by done, but you have to stop and think, well, I spent 44 years in the police force. That was more than half my life, you know, and and I did lots of things, some great, some not so great sad happy you know traumatic or all those things but it's over 44 years so you feel like you haven't done anything but look I guess 44 years pretty good effort pretty good effort
0: (laughs) it's a fantastic effort and what a legacy what an absolute pleasure speaking to you today Giovanna thanks so much for sitting with me on the crime couch
1: Thank you, Rochelle, and I really appreciate the fact that you thought I might be interesting and have a interesting story to tell to others. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining me. I'm Rochelle Jackson, and I look forward to your coming next time on The Crimecast.